He lost his wife of over 35 years and now offers his best advice for living consciously and dying gracefully. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me is Dr. Bill Manahan. Dr. Manahan is the past president of the American Holistic Medical Association and an assistant professor emeritus at the University of Minnesota Medical School. The book Living Consciously, Dying Gracefully is about his wife journey with cancer. Dr. Manahan, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Greetings, and thank you for having me, Susan. How long were you and your wife, Diane, married? 37 years. And how did you meet? We met in sixth grade when she moved to town at about age 11. We lived in a little town of 2000 in southern Minnesota. And what was she like? I realize that when I think of it, I think of her as she, when she died, and in her adult years as being confident, beautiful, fun, funny, playful, a great listener, and someone who, as I aged, I would call her highly evolved. So when I think about your question, I guess I would call her that same way at age 11 when I met her, but I just couldn't have used those terms. When was she first diagnosed with breast cancer? In 1995, at the end of the year, about December. You're a doctor, and she was a nurse. Did you know a lot about breast cancer? I thought I knew quite a bit about it. I had been practicing you know, for a long time. And so I'd had a number of patients with breast cancer, but like anything, a personal experience rapidly increases one's learning curve. And so I learned a lot more about it. Describe her initial course of treatment. First, she had a lumpectomy and then uh, she had radiation treatment for uh, 33 treatments, so five days a week. And then after a week or 10 days of the radiation treatment startment, then chemotherapy began with what's called CMF uh, cytoxin methotrexate and 5-FU for uh, six months. Uh, couple times a week of the IV chemotherapy. And how did you decide on that, you and she? Well, that's an interesting story. And in the book, there's a page about that because looking at statistics, uh, I was not as excited about her having the chemotherapy because there was not much difference from whether you had chemotherapy or didn't have chemotherapy, in my opinion, from looking at the research. Maybe 5 or 10 percentage point difference, but very small. She talked to other women and talked to other doctors, and she decided to have it, so then I was supportive. And sort of in the same way many patients have to make decisions of what kind of treatment you have and what don't you, and I have give my opinion, but whatever they go with, I, that's fine with me. What complementary therapies did she try? During her treatment or during the next uh, couple of years when she was fine or during the two and a half or three years of when she had metastases? I'd love to hear about the different types throughout the whole journey. You know, and that's a lot of what the book is about. How do you combine what we have in Western medicine with our surgery and radiation and chemotherapy? How can you combine that with integrative and complementary treatments? And then how do you live doing those treatments afterwards? So in a quick couple of statements, right during the radiation therapy, she used some specific things like shark liver oil, which have in some studies, been shown to help prevent tiredness and low energy during radiation, uh, boost the immune system a bit. And then during chemotherapy, she used an IV vitamin and mineral cocktail, which those are not traditional things used in medicine, but they seem to be tremendously helpful uh, in that uh, she basically kept teaching nursing at the local college where she taught and didn't really miss a day of school and was never sick. So went through the radiation chemo pretty well with some of the different things we did. And then that's not, you know, I could go on for an hour talk on that topic because 
There's the thing she does socially with friends. There's the thing she did spiritually with her own connection with the divine. There's things she did just around having flowers around. And we took some money out of a 401k, so we had money to go visit our kids and grandkids who live in California and Maine. We live in Minnesota, so... We do, you know, a lot of things like that, and all of those. Everybody thinks of complementary and alternative therapies as something that has to do with herbs or with something you put in your mouth. There's a lot of things in the whole psychosocial, spiritual realm that that I think were very helpful for her having a, a very normal uh, life during the five and a half years she lived after uh, getting cancer. Looking back, would you have done anything differently? I don't think we would have, Susan. I have no regrets, and there's nothing that seems to have that we should should have, could have, would have type of thing. It was a good journey. What about palliative care? Of course, if we take palliative care, meaning just to mitigate or lessen pain and suffering, that's what, you know, we did that during the whole, during the entire time, and and a lot of the alternative and complementary therapies, we think, really helped in, in that type of a thing uh, after she had metastases uh, for three years also. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Bill Manahan discussing the book Living Consciously, Dying Gracefully, a book telling the story of his wife's journey through cancer. Dr. Manahan, did hospice play a role? Somewhere in there in the year that it had spread, I think, liver and lung and other places, I talked to the hospice people, and uh, one of the nurses came over, and we spent an hour or two just talking about what hospice could do. And then we realized that there was nothing hospice could do that the family and I and friends were not already doing. So we did not use hospice. I think hospice is a major, uh, major player in, uh, in helping people through the last months or year of life. What feedback have you received from readers? We got really good feedback initially from friends and family, and we said, well, they're all biased. But now that it's gone out and published, uh, people in general uh, either find the book just too hard to read personally, and they put it down after three or four chapters. In fact, two of my four sons have not read the book yet. She died six years ago, but they still, uh, now in the, it came out in June, or, and they still are not able to read beyond a couple of chapters. And my other two sons just loved it, and one of them did a lot of editing and helped us actually with the uh, you know, giving feedback. So, but in general, uh, people have really liked it and uh, and felt it's a really helpful book. It's very powerful and very comprehensive, covering so many different areas. What feedback have you received from physicians about the book? Well, again, I would have to say wonderful. We had three really well-known integrative physicians who are friends of mine uh, write jacket covers for it. Larry Dossey has written eight or nine books. Norm Sheely has written 24 books. And uh, Jim Gordon has written nine books. So they're really, those three are tremendous leaders in the holistic and integrative field. And they all wrote jacket blurbs for it. And uh, Vic Serpino, who's a professor of uh, family practice down in a school in Texas, he just wrote a two-page review for Integrative Cancer Therapies Journal that was just, we wrote to him, we said we wanted to send him flowers. It was such a beautiful review. And so, and then a lot of the local physicians who have read it, including uh, oncologists, have have really liked it and uh, thought it was excellent. How do you believe it's different from other books that are written on end-of-life care? Well, that's a good question, Susan, because my sister and her partner wrote the book, and all I did was write the foreword and sort of give them records, so I, I can't take any credit for writing this book and having a fabulous book. It, 
It's uh, totally these other two people. And so we've all done a lot of reading in these last couple of years as the book has been written about, and there's some wonderful books out there. And I think this book is a little different in just really giving examples in very quick and colorful ways of how people can go through serious illness, being in charge of it, and how they can go through dying, being in charge of it. It's a little bit like birthing. For years, the medical system took over birthing, and then somewhere in the 60s and 70s, women sort of took back some control, and they wanted spouses, partners in the room, and they wanted to make their choices of whether they had certain kinds of anesthesia, and and that's the way we need to do with death. We need to bring death into more into patient's control, and that's sort of what the book really focuses on, of how to do that, both not just with dying, but with, with serious illness. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Bill Manahan, discussing the book Living Consciously, Dying Gracefully, a book telling the story of his wife's journey through cancer. Having lived now on both sides of the fence, being a physician who's ministered to dying patients and having gone through this experience, what's your best advice to physicians when they learn that one of their patients is terminally ill? Just for myself, I think I'm much more feminine and yin and compassionate in my response than I was previously. I was more like a doctor that I'm there to manage this and control the illness and take care of that person. And so my response was very masculine and doctor-like in the sense of left brain. And how do I I help you? I want to help you. And now my response is much more, I feel, compassionate. And I'm just there for the person in their suffering or in their fear and their pain. Then later on, maybe I'll move to taking over that parent or doctor role of, of figuring out what to do next. So... It's a dance for every physician of how do you balance the yin and the yang? How do you balance the sort of dual roles we have to take? I think that's great advice. Are you involved in end-of-life care activities now? I'm not. The last couple of years I have semi-retired. I still teach at the medical school part-time, and I do consulting for integrative clinics, but I'm not seeing specific patients. I probably see a patient a week, people who get hold of me, and we meet in my house or their house, and so... I maybe see 20 or 30 uh, seriously ill patients a year now, and I feel like sort of a coach or a guide, and it's a very nice role. And I can spend, I'll spend three, four hours helping them chart their course and what they want to do. Are you working with the American Holistic Medical Association now? Well, I'm off their board, but just a few months ago, I did go back to one of their board meetings as a consultant to help us uh, move into, you know, what, like every organization, we're What are we doing? What's our mission now? Where are we moving and what should we be doing? And so I would say I'm not actively on the board, but I'm actively helping and involved in the HMA, yes. Do you speak on the book? When it came out, I went with the two authors, Nancy and Becky, and did a number of book signings and talks. And I realized that after about two months that I started getting depressed. And it seemed to open the closet to things about being married and having a great marriage and really enjoying it that I had sort of moved on with. And so I told them I was going to quit. And this is the first interview I've done since mid-July, actually. I needed a break from talking and thinking about it. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Bill Manahan, discussing the book Living Consciously, Dying Gracefully, a book telling the story of his wife's journey through cancer. What is your take-home message about living consciously? 
righteously and dying gracefully? I think there's two take-home messages. One is that people, all of us, can be active agents if we want to be. We have the power within us to be active agents in our medical care while going through a serious disease and even while uh, dying. So that's a powerful message that we are the one in charge, not the medical community. And the second one is that there's an evolving body of evidence for a continuation of consciousness after death. And as you know, there's a lot of books on that. That sort of death is maybe just the start of a new journey. And so that's sort of the second part of the book is the take-home message would be death that probably is not the end. Dr. Manahan, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. You asked wonderful questions. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.